Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, everybody, reporting for duty. What's up, John? What's up, guy? How you doing? Good. Looking good in my Buck Mason. At least I think so. Uh, Feel good, play good, talk good, podcast good. Hi, everybody on YouTube. Hit that like button, subscribe to this channel, leave us some questions. We'll get some uh, some of your thoughts uh, a little later uh, in the show today. We're on a schedule today, so we're starting on time. We are we we are tight. We have a hard out uh, of uh, one fifty three because we got an interview to record for uh, later in the week with a special guest. Yep. We uh, I think we already said we were to have yeah, say his Bill, name. Greg, yeah, Greg Bob was coming on Tuesday, and then we're like. Well, if nothing happens, why don't we just put it out for Sunday's pod, and then we can just have the weekend to ourselves. You know, there's just, you know, work work smarter, not harder always, but we're also working hard, you know, putting in the hours here in the podcast streets. No, no big deal. That's right. And if stuff happens, then we'll adjust, but that's our plan right now. Don't forget, go to iTunes, leave us a review, five stars. We appreciate that. Leave a question. We'll get back to some mailback questions on the podcast on Thursday. Probably. No, we will. So we appreciate that. Tell us your favorite bar. Um in that uh, in that review on iTunes, so thank you for yep. that. Leave advance. a review if you're watching this on YouTube. Smash that like button. Subscribe to the podcast if you're listening to us on the podcast. Send it to your friends. Send it to your enemies. Uh, leave a review there as well, and uh, be nice to Matt Rule on the internet because goddamn, he got destroyed, guy. He got, I got <laughs> he got destroyed on the internet streets. Like you did, I got several DMs and texts. Like loved you guys' breakdown. I mean, we did 35 plus minutes for those of you listening to the podcast. That was a YouTube-only breakdown of the coach's photo, which is on our YouTube channel, which is in the description below if you're listening to the pod uh, or in the description of the um, of the podcast. And uh, I got several people texting me, like, and it did hit me. Like, I feel like we went kind of easy. I, I did, at least, kind of tried to dial it just from a 10 to an 8 because I yeah. knew there was just heat everywhere. And, um, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to pile on, but I did want to, you know, have good fun like the rest of us. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I read uh, Big Cat Big Cat does an annual blog, I guess, and he wrote up the coaches. You know, picks out different. We had some similar sentiments on uh, Arthur Smith, the, the the paleness on that guy. I mean, and, and Atlanta is not Minnesota, right? I mean, that's it's not super sunny, three sixty five. But when I think Atlanta, I think a warmer weather cl- climate, don't you? Yeah, like sun is out. I mean, to indoor be that stadium, pale, though, John. <laughs> holy moly, that guy yep. is pale. Um, I, you know, one thing Big Cat mentioned. I think you can kind of see it in Frank's eyes. It's just like, don't ask me about a quarterback. Just please don't ask me about the quarterback. You know, Frank Reich is just that Carson Wentz thing. Is they, they feel very, very. I saw Jim Irsay giving some quotes like, "We just we had to get out of that." It's like, Jesus, what did this guy do? Did this guy beat up one of your guys' kids? What did Carson Wentz do? Did you, Or was it just one of those things, is little things, it's hard to explain unless you were there. But as you and me can relate, you hate someone so bad, the sight of them makes you despise life. Yep. Preach on it, John. If that's the case, then I, I understand where Ursay... It doesn't feel like Frank was right there, but Ursay was. Ursay, you know, couldn't stand looking at yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, Frank called himself a steward for the organization. Like, we're not going to keep Carson around just because we did it and made the mistake. So, uh, and I did see, you know, uh, uh, I, I always want to say Arthur Blank. Arthur Smith's dad just stepped down as the CEO of FedEx. I don't know if you saw that, probably to go no. watch more Falcons games. Yeah. So, I saw one of the articles I read. Uh, he built the company from under a billion dollars in business in 1982 to $85 billion by 2021 or whatever the number Do was. you know the famous story on his dad, who was like a Marine in Vietnam, was trying to build the company, obviously started it from nothing, I think was down to like his last 30 grand or something, and it wasn't going to be enough. Like they were going to go under. It, I think it was the East Coast, not Vegas, went to Atlantic City. Mm. And was like, I got to turn this into like eighty or hundred grand, mm. or we're done. 
and he did it. I, whether it was playing, I think it was playing blackjack. Might have been roulette or blackjack, but he did it. Wow. <laughs> I mean, think about the, the, the turning point in life. And that was That's son. Incredible. How, how many Fortune 500 CEOs sons will ever become NFL head coaches? Because it's not an easy profession to just obtain without being like an NFL player. Right. Yeah. Not, I'd say I mean, zero. You know, you can you can at least get some connections. Uh, remember the guy who was uh, like Warren Buffett's guy who became the head coach at like uh, Coastal Carolina or some school? Remember that? Yeah. Well, remember he left Warren, I think, in Omaha and started Ameritrade and became like an immediate billionaire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he started uh, – when I got a job in the NFL, we hired Rick Mueller. Yeah. Who worked for that guy because he did the Omaha team because he was boys with Buffett and they had like a pretty sweet setup. And then he went to Josh Norman's school, uh, Coastal. I think it was a legitimately Division One head coach. Yeah, legitimate like head football seven, coach. Eight years, you know? yeah. <laughs> just love, just addicted to the game. Scott says, when's Papa coming on? So he must be. So again, we're going to record that interview with Greg today. Our plan is to play that air that Sunday. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep you guys abreast of that situation. But since there's been some news, we've decided to push that back a little and uh, act accordingly. So keep an eye out for that. But we'll keep you updated. Uh, all right. Let's dive in, John. Uh, after partying all night, the NFC coaches met the media today. I don't know if you heard McVeigh. Hey, Peter, man. McVeigh's voice was very gravelly. Uh, many people commented on uh, Kyle Shanahan's uh, awakeness. I mean, they, these, they talked at what, like 8.30 Eastern time, I think? For a West Coast guy, it's got to be a time change. Throws you off. You're at a huge disadvantage, right? Yep. Huge, huge disadvantage. disadvantage. So uh, here's some of what Kyle Shanahan. Let's listen to one particular question and answer from from Kyle Shanahan on Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. If Jimmy is on the roster when you get to camp, how do you envision that playing out? I mean, would it be a competition, or have you got that far? Definitely haven't got that far. Um, but, yeah, we'll figure that out. It would be something. I mean, he'd be on our team, so you'd have to – I mean, Jimmy's a good quarterback, so that he's not easy for anyone to beat out. And uh, that was tough. Trey wasn't ready to beat him out last year. Uh, we'll be definitely closer to that this year if it happens, but it's something that we want to have to worry about the training camp. and. Um, usually when you have a situation like that, it makes everyone better anyways. Well, I think he's pivoted off the stance, which we can argue till we're blue in the face how they got here and how they had the owners' meetings, which is several weeks after free agency and Jimmy is still on the roster. Regardless, they're here. His stance the entire 2021, and to his credit, he was not lying, he told the truth, and he did not pivot from it. Jimmy Garoppolo is our starting quarterback. And there were times when it pissed a lot of people off. I would imagine, and some people have surmised, that internally some people disagreed at times, I think. And there might have been some coaching departures that not everyone was always on the same page, which is natural sometimes in these situations. Uh, Definitely on the outside, it was a controversial topic up and down from a football standpoint. He did not say that. He said he was given the chance to say, well, if Jimmy's still here, he'll still be the starter as he's been the starter for the last however many years since the middle of 2017 when we acquired him. He, to me, if you read between the lines on this one, he's basically saying it's over for Jimmy here without saying that because he still has some value to maintain. But if you are in the Trey Lance camp and ready to see the transition in a weird way, because Jimmy's still on the team. I, I do think it's fair to say that like the Jimmy era is over in his mind, the way he's just talked about it, right? Yeah. So there are two ways that coaches talk about competitions, right? One's real competitions and one's fake staged competitions with a determined outcome. And last year was probably a fake staged competition with a determined outcome. And that determined outcome was Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be our quarterback. And I actually supported like, Trey's got to go take the job from Jimmy Garoppolo. That team had a Super Bowl um, attitude. And, you know, do you, do, you, do you think most coaches would have done that given Jimmy's status with the team in the league? I think most coaches would have done what Kyle did, not because of Jimmy's status, but because here's Trey Lance who's played one football game and it was, you know, FCS football in a year and a half, basically. And I know Jimmy Garoppolo can execute what I need to execute. And I just came off a bad year and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to want to trade him. I think there were a lot of reasons to play Jimmy Garoppolo last year. And I think you could, yeah, I mean, you can make a good case to play Trey. But in that quote, uh, what Kyle says is also he talks about competition, 
But just like last year when he talked about competition, he's also talking about competition, I think, with a predetermined outcome. Except it's flipped. This year, the predetermined outcome is Trey Lance is our starting quarterback. And competition is not so much about motivating Jimmy or motivating Trey as it is about, you know, whatever smoke screens there are left to be played, being played. And the Niners are clearly going to play out the string with this thing. They're not going to just cut him. They've said it many times. Their actions are showing it. But they're also not going to announce to the world Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be deactivated uh, from camp or we're not going to he's not going to practice. And then we'll cut him on the last day before the regular season begins when his contract becomes guaranteed. So I think Kyle has a long established track record of only saying what he has to say. I'm with you. I mean, I I do think he's put enough breadcrumbs, if you want to call them that, out there that says uh, that Jimmy Garoppolo is not getting the same treatment this year that Jimmy Garoppolo got last year. I I do just think it's probably the most unique position in sports because truly only one guy plays. You can't rotate him at all. And that guy's dependent on everyone looking at that guy, the team, the media, the fans, right? Let's say Joey Bart. He's Buster Posey's replacement, starting catcher for the Giants game one. What if they also carry a catcher that can hit left-handed? Right. And that, you know, they're going to platoon, and that guy ends up playing the same amount of games as Joey Bart, right? In basketball, the way Steve Kerr has handled Jordan Poole and Kaminga, like everyone kind of plays. You saw it last year with Brandon Ayuk. Quarterback, you, you can't really play that game, right? And we saw it last year. There is, once Jimmy was the guy, like Jimmy was the guy until he got injured. And, and even with the injury, they put him right back. Like you kind of, I, I, I'm a believer. You can the way with the rookie quarterback, it is a little complicated because you do, in fairness to any coach, this goes back to Urban Meyer with Trevor Lawrence last year. That's probably a bad example, but every other coach with their rookie quarterback, and just any coach getting a new quarterback, you gotta like get on the same page in OTAs and see what the guy knows. Kyle knows, like he's been around him for a year now, right? You want to hit this period whenever they first step on the field after the draft and start running legitimate practices. Like, this is the guy, right? That's, I would say, all 32 coaches go, I want to have my starting quarterback. It's why a lot of coaches name that, like, bridge guy. You saw Nagy do it last year. Just so we just get the guy, get off and running. And it's not because, like, Justin Fields is on the sideline just drinking water. It's just so we know there's a hierarchy to the day, starting with that guy. Right. Remember Carson Palmer told me that, the thing he missed the most about being a quarterback is like every day you walk in as the starting quarterback in the building, like every fucking one's looking at you. Yeah. On Tuesday, Saturday, it's just there is something like Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams. Like it's pretty obvious. Like we're going to go as far as this little guy takes us, right? right? The moment he transfers in. And I do think Kyle has been around this long enough. Like you do need to pivot all in. It's weird because I think as long as Jimmy's on the roster, he has to kind of pick his battles the way he publicly talks about it. I do think, though, when if you and I go to an OTA practice and he's sweet, I, I think he'll be a little less like worried about what's coming out about being pro-Trey because it won't necessarily be about Jimmy. Yeah. But And just attack Trey as being like that kind of the entity of him being the starting quarterback. Talking about right? him like we, we're going to – we are going – how good we are depends on how good this guy is, not yeah. I might – because here Corey on the stream says – heard- and, pl- and the players, I, I would imagine like – the Debo and the Kittle and the Trent Williams and even the what, what is like Jimmy Ward saying about like that's it's going to be very telling during OTAs being a practice and then the vibe of those guys like because right. they know what it looks like now right yep. at the yep. highest of high levels. Uh, Corey says I heard gamesmanship in Kyle's answer. Good QBs are really hard to find. Some teams don't even have one. Kyle did say that, but then he also said we have three, which kind of throws off that they don't have one because if somebody else had Sudfeld. You know, you wouldn't, they would be a candidate to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo if Nate Sudfeld was their starting quarterback. So guy, it inv- I invalidated it a little bit. <laughs> guy, I, Kyle, Nate Sudfeld is known as the guy that the Eagles got blamed for for tanking a football game. That is the person that you just played $2 million. The entire NFC East believed that him coming into a game was them doing trust the process and tanking. That is a, don't ever forget that. You believe them, John. Nate Sudfeld. <laughs> uh, Breer, Niners Kyle Shanahan asked if the natural progression is for trade to start this year. That's why we looked into trading Jimmy. <laughs> they tried to trade the guy. They traded two ones and another one for Trey. Then they tried to trade Jimmy, and Jimmy Garoppolo would not be on this roster if he uh, had not had a shoulder surgery. So, you know, I, here's the other thing about this is 
if Kyle Shanahan really thought Trey Lance wasn't quote unquote ready to play, like if he thought I can't win, I can't win five games with this guy. Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo would be his quarterback this year? Uh, I think there's a decent, I think probably 85, 90%, unless he pivoted during OTAs that Jimmy Garoppolo would be the starting quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if, if he thought Trey couldn't win him five games, Jimmy Garoppolo would be his quarterback this year. Cool. Right? Sorry. I, yeah. Papa just stabbed me. 215. <laughs> so that's a, that's a good reason to, to be texting. But I, I like if, if he thought, I don't think he's trading Jimmy because everyone in the organization told him, Kyle, you have to trade Jimmy even though you don't want to. He had, now he, he may not think agree. Trey's as good as Jimmy today, but I think he thinks Trey's good enough. Again, he traded up to get, he, they, they did this. So, and, and, I, and I do think anytime that you make a move like this, to acquire a young player, whether that be, you know, you draft really high and you get Herbert, you trade up for, you know, like they did with Deshaun Watson and, and Patrick Mahomes, like they did with Josh Allen, like the 49ers just did with uh, Trey Lance. I, I don't think you can just, and I know Kyle probably struggles with this, but I bet the front office does not. This is like a four-year odyssey slash project, right? Not just the player to improve, but just the way we build our team, the way we use his cap space that's, it's a it's it's a four year endeavor, right? Like the worst case, like we saw with Mitch Trubisky, like you you just kind of get the four year window. So it's not for as much as we're going to be hyped up once the schedule comes out. It's like Niner Seattle week one or wh- whoever they're playing. Like it's really about the next thirty four, whatever thirty four plus seventeen is the next three seasons, right? Trey on a second, third, and that fourth year. So I mean, this year is enormous, and the Niners have are going to have crazy expectations more than likely for a first year starting quarterback, but it's really the next couple years to build this thing around him. But the only way for him to like be good in a couple years is for him to start building off it. Now getting all the reps, like ultimately that is one thing that Herbert, you would say Mahomes, they, they traded Alex Lamar became the starter. Like it was, they didn't even have to worry about any of this stuff. Right you know, coming into their second year OTAs. There wasn't another guy around. Now, luckily, this guy, even if he's on the roster, probably won't be, quote-unquote, around. But it's you would say it's it's not ideal, but it's not totally weird. But it's somewhere in the middle. Like, there's still something. He's still yeah. Trey still is going to get asked about Jimmy Garoppolo still being on the, on the roster when he talks. Right, 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 right. And if that's the way, you know, Kyle said, Trey's a confident guy. He can handle all this stuff, so... Uh, Jay says, I'm just wondering if no one wanted Jimmy at his price, wouldn't you start taking less in hopes you get a contract somewhere? I mean, as we get closer to the season and Jimmy Garoppolo's still on the 49ers, that, that, that question really comes into play, right? Like what is Don Yee telling teams Jimmy Garoppolo's willing to do if they acquire? Like if Don Yee tells somebody Jimmy Garoppolo's willing to play for $5 million, well, then all of a sudden maybe the Niners market gets a little better. I don't know if you saw, was it the Saints today that signed Andy Dalton? Three million bucks. So they're going to have two starting quarterbacks for under ten million dollars. What are they paying Mariota? Five or whatever it is. Uh, maybe I'm too low on Mariota's number. But who? Wait. Oh, sorry. Mariota's on the Falcons. The Jameis. Yeah, Jameis. Yeah. So and Taysom's going to the to tight end, which actually kind of helps the tight end comps. But um, you know, the, the, but the, I would put Mar- you could put Mariota, Jameis, Andy Dalton's probably a little less gifted, but all those guys are in the same. And that's where Jimmy and Don Yee would be like, we're better than these guys. Well, right? t- totally. But, but, I'm just, but Jimmy is headed, if it doesn't go well, for like that type of life, right? <laughs> you know, in a couple years. It's not crazy to think that Jimmy Garoppolo is treated like a Mariota Andy Dalton in a couple years, right? If yep. it doesn't go well. He's a bad season away from being kind of an $8 million backup. And then if just, who knows, you know? He's, to me, he's closer to that than ever getting like a 3 or $60 million contract right now. Yep. I agree. Given that, like, where's he? It's not where are the good situations he's going to. Yeah. I'm just. I think the point is what he's willing to take is going to affect how this thing plays out. I, I would say Jimmy is 100 percent better than Jameis. The 49ers would not have made the playoffs with Jameis Winston. I, I'm pretty confident on that. Uh, I agree with that, but I also could see a team more interested in trying Jameis out for a year than trying Jimmy out for a year. Now the Colts wouldn't do that. The Colts would rather have Jimmy, but the Saints. You know, with Sean Payton, maybe they'd rather have Jimmy. But I I could see te- a team more likely to give Jameis a shot than to give Jimmy a shot, depending on where you are. I'd say Jimmy's probably 
14 to 18 range in the league, and I'd say Jameis is probably like 17 to 22 range. I mean, they're in the same. They probably have more similarities than not. <laughs> Let's talk about Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan as it relates to Trey Lance. Uh, a couple of things that he said, and I think this one really stood out. Nick Wagner, who covers the Niners, tweeted this. One thing Kyle Shanahan said this morning on what communication was like with Garoppolo this offseason, quote, we don't do a lot of talking in the offseason. Jimmy is not the most communicating guy. On Trey Lance, quote, Trey is a guy I talk to all the time, end quote. Now, is he saying, I never talked to Jimmy in the offseason? That I'm not sure, but he is talking to Trey all the time. I would say that's that's another sign that points to Trey Lance ongoing uh, uh, role as the 49ers starting quarterback. Yeah, you know, as a you're a happily married guy, I've been in a relationship a long time. When you uh, when you date, you know, sometimes when you transition, you know, that you have a consistent communication with one girl, and then if things start to sour a little bit, and you meet someone else, or maybe she meets someone else, it goes both ways. You start talking to that other person. The communication with your former girlfriend, whoever, however you want to, you know, qualifier starts to diminish and then once you kind of really get hot and heavy or see the future with the next one you cut off communication with that person and even if they're not a great communicator or they are even if they text you you might not be likely to text them back so i i think this is a telltale sign that i would imagine two years ago kyle and jimmy were texting in the off season right the super bowl year and leading up to that like that was his quarterback he has a new girlfriend basically the equivalent of a new quarterback so i just think it's a natural progression of meeting someone new, having someone new, and having a new, uh, you know, kind of that excitement. The, the yeah, anxiety is probably the wrong word, but just nervous energy of like what could be. But you're right. also nervous, like it could not be. It could be bad. That's where I think you see it on Kyle's face. Like I think he's hopefully optimistic, but he's also, you know, I think this is why he kept Jimmy last year. He's not into having a terrible a month where the guy can't function, right? Uh, I bet he's when they say he's talking, he's probably not just talking about like life. I bet they're like, no, they're talking. (laughs) He's texting him clips of his footwork, right? Like if I got a printout of your cell bill and it had all the text messages you sent and there was a number that you texted a lot. And I said, what's the deal here? You couldn't say, I I don't really know that person. Right. If you text them a lot, then I assume you that you have some. What are you talking about? Uh, Nothing. Nothing. Well, you're talking about something. And I think it's a that's a good sign for the it's time for Trey to play and and uh, Jimmy's not going to be on the 49ers crowd. The other thing I thought was really interesting what he said about Greasy. He called it Brian Greasy, the Niners' new QB coach, the smartest player I've ever been around. And he went on to say, "quote I love that Trey has someone who's been through the battles that can tell I can tell him about it, but someone who's actually gone through the ups and downs." And he went on to say, "Having a good game, having a bad game, handling the media, all of those things." Basically, Brian Greasy can give Trey Lance a perspective that Kyle Shanahan knows he cannot, and that's why he loves having him on the staff now. Yeah, to me, when when you alerted me to that, the I think there are people. I, I talked to a couple friends in the league. They're like, "What the hell, Kyle Brian Greasy? What the hell is he doing?" Because I I think it's fair to go. That's a we- really weird and risky hire. Guy who's never coached. Like there are a lot of players, right? A million players that always claim they coach, but they've never done it. And there are a lot of coaches that never play and that are pretty damn good. Yeah. Right. So, and in fairness, some of those players, remember you and I interviewed Marshall Falk. Oh, was it Marshall Falk several years ago? He was like, I want to be a head coach. It's like, well, you're going to become a running backs coach? No, no. I just want to be a head coach. Right. And, and it was only in the NFL. Like he wouldn't do, he wasn't going to do what Dion did. Right. So it's like, no, you just want to be famous and be the head guy and get all the benefits without doing the work. I give Greasy's willing to do this job, even if he's making seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars a year. That's the going rate for quarterback coaches. But I do give Kyle credit on the like. <clears throat> clearly, there was thoughtfulness. Of course, I mean, anytime you make a coach or hire an assistant coach, but if you're going to go outside the box, like I, I, I do understand with like where he's coming from on that one. But are you just hiring a guy simply for confidence building and being able to like relate to the guy? Now, and Kyle might just say, like, I'm running the X's and O's. I need more of, like, I can be an asshole. Like, I, I need a guy that – and one thing, just watching Greasy on TV, he seems like a pretty even-keeled, normal, nice guy. Maybe he yeah. knows, like, I need that type guy around a young quarterback 
so it's not always me. And now McDaniel's gone. McDaniel's kind of that a good balance, it seems like, for him. Yeah, so that's a pretty big loss. Maybe he just maybe we don't think enough about that on the outside. The personalities with an assistant coaching staff are really big. Like the the high level guys, the mean guys. Like the one thing you would say being a Niner practice is Chris Kasurik. And I saw it with his mentor, Jim Washburn. They're on guys, and it's really intense. But then, like when Sala was there, or now D'Amico, like their presence is a lot different. It feels very uplifting and positive, and Kasurik is just lighting guys up. I mean, right. it's like, holy... But you you couldn't have all seven defensive coaches like that, right? You can't. Just yeah. like, I, I don't think you could have just all Kyles. I even heard Matt Ryan, like, Kyle's intense, man. Like, he is... I think Gruden's a good example when, you know, before Gruden got his career ended, like you, he couldn't just have seven John Gruden's on the staff, right? It would just wear you out. And it's basically like he's bringing Brian Greasy just to be a psychologist might be undermining how his value, but you know, kind of play a role like that. Yeah. I think psychologist is a little, just good cop is a little undervaluing just because he also called him the smartest player he's ever been around. Right. So there is, an X and O element that he also values. But to your point on, on Matt Ryan, I, I always say, go back and watch. There was an interview that Kyle and Matt Ryan did in the week leading up to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. And they talk about getting to know each other and how it kind of took a year for Matt to really have the full grasp of Kyle's offense and how much better it's made Matt and blah, blah, blah. And you can tell they are not, you can tell that for Matt, it took an adjustment to work for Kyle, to play for Kyle. Because Matt was Matt was already a star in the league, right? Now Kyle made him an MVP, but Matt was a number one pick who had panned out. And I think you know Kyle walked in and changed his life a little bit. It made it a little harder. And you can tell you. Can, I think you can see it in the interview that they're like they're cool, but they're not like you know best friends either. Because there's probably some things about being Kyle's quarterback for a veteran in particular that makes it hard. And maybe that's where you know getting this guy from the beginning is good. I wonder what it would have. You've always said, like, what would it be like for Tom Brady to play for Kyle Shanahan? What would I think it be like it, I, for I think Stafford? It, I think it would have been. I think Stafford would have been fine. I do think that Tom would have been difficult for for Kyle, and vice versa. Kyle might have been a little difficult for Tom. Yeah, in the same way that Arians, right? Those stories come out about Arians and Tom, and a former quarterback happens to be the OC and is maybe a little bit of a buffer, right, for, for sure. them. Yeah. So, totally. John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about our good friends at butcherbox.com slash ham. Butcherbox.com slash ham. There is meat defrosting in my fridge right now. Getting ready for, you know what it is today? Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Uh, is it really you, Taco Tuesday? It is, is Taco Tuesday. Reading? It is Taco Tuesday today. Butcherbox.com slash ham. Free GB, ground beef for life. Two pounds for the life of your membership. Guy, I, I am doing tacos tonight, too. Uh, mainly just because I have some ground beef left over from Butcher Box. No big deal, because they send you free ground beef for life. I also was thinking about chicken, because I had some chickens when they delivered. Because every time that you order a box from Butcher Box in your subscription, 8 to, ten, eight, eight to 14 pounds of meat. That's enough, guy. To feed 24 individuals. So I don't know if you got like a little army in your home and you need to feed some people. Just go to butcherbox.com slash ham, packed fresh and shipped frozen for convenience. The box shows up at your house. FedEx guy, Arthur Smith's dad, knocks on your door. You open it up. It's got, you know, those uh, those things that keep everything cold. It's mm-hmm. layered. And then you just open it up, box of meat everywhere. And then all of a sudden, you're, you know, you're cooking for 25 people. Uh, you get the free range organic chicken. You get the wild caught seafood, 100% grass fed beef and more free shipping it's your chance to never have to shop for ground beef again customize your own box or go with one that's already pre-packaged for you either way you get exactly what you want so sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham get two pounds of ground beef free in every order for the life of your membership log on to butcherbox.com slash ham to claim this deal butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal free for a year you get salmon chicken breast or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, 
pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan, from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game, and I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, Tasio on the stream asked, do you guys ever cook anything other than tacos? No. I did make f- fried chicken the other day, but like chicken breast, not, you know. How did you do that? Just a little panko, a little flour, a little panko, oil in the oil in the stovetop. How was it? There you go. It was good. Come on. How long do you have to uh, leave it in the pan? Uh, Not too long. I don't know. I don't Couple remember. A couple minutes exactly side? Uh, a little more than that. A little more than that. Five and five? Yeah, somewhere around maybe six and six. So uh Sounds like a pretty easy thing to make. It is surprisingly easy to make. Surprisingly easy to make. Eric says, who needs anything other than tacos? Yep. Nobody. Uh oh, by the way, did you retweet what was the deal with the Cardinals guy? I saw you say you thought was it your tweet that was like LeBron James is Taco Tuesday? Oh, question? well, the Cardinals signed this guy, Will Hernandez, who's this guard who's been in the league a while. And they asked him two questions. Like the one guy asked him just, you know, it wasn't a football question, but I didn't think it was that crazy. Like, hey, you know, down here in Arizona, obviously a lot of Mexican food. This guy's Mexican descent, Will Hernandez. Yeah. You know, do you like super spicy foods, the, the you know, authentic Mexican food? I, I didn't think the question was that crazy. People were like making fun of it. The next guy comes on doing, maybe the guy was a Mexican guy, but it's hard to tell. Starts screaming like burritos, Taco Tuesday, in like a Mexican accent. But if he's not Mexican, it was just... But he, but then he asked just a normal question, like, "What do you think of Kyler Murray?" <laughs> <laughs> Will Hernandez didn't even smile. He just started answering the question about Kyler Murray. So funny, just trying to break the ice. Huh? Sometimes it goes sideways on Zoom. Yeah, it's hard, yeah. hard to break the ice on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, you just, you know. And then there's a lot of like, "Who's credentialing these people?" Right. <laughs> it's like, guys, I, I don't know if 
a lot now get handed out. This isn't just you got to work at the Washington Post to get a credential anymore. <laughs> uh, all right, John, let's take a look at this from the Pivot podcast uh, on PFF. Jalen Ramsey was asked his top five receivers in the league, and uh, here is top five. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, Odell Beckham Jr., and Cooper Cup. So two of them are. How does he have Odell Beckham Jr. over Cooper Cup? Well, I don't. Do you think these are in order of one through five? They're not. I think, I think. I think they were because I when I read the transcript, he also I think tied. He he threw in like Stefan Diggs. He would tie with his with his two guys. I I mean honestly, Jalen, how do you have Odell Beckham Jr. tied with Cooper Cup after just what we've witnessed? I know you. You know, he, Odell feels like a very you know, a huge hit within the playing community on the outside. People are like, yeah. is he still that good? I'll be solid, but, <laughs> but probably hey. try to get him paid, help him get paid. Just show some confidence in this guy who just tore his ACL in the Super Bowl for crying out loud. True. Very shady deal. And two, he might think Odell's better. Like there are people in any industry that think they know somebody who's better at whatever it is than the public thinks, you know, relative to others. Very and, true. um, you know, I'm sure there's like in the scouting community, there's GMs that the guys hate. They get a lot of credit and there's guys that no one gives any love to that guys think, oh, now that's an evaluator right there. So you, me- you remember two years ago when the Raiders joint practice with the Rams and Hunter Renfro went viral for just giving him the business. Was that two years ago or last this last year? That was this last year. Yeah, it might have, it might have been this last year. I do remember it very well. <laughs> so no Hunter Renfro. China route, John. <laughs> Destroyed him. Uh you know, what? It was just a couple years ago that Aaron Donald didn't know who Debo Samuel was. Uh, it's, safe, it, it's safe to say that a couple years later, the Rams have a pretty good idea. Now, the one thing you would say as a wide receiver, I wouldn't put Debo. You know, he's just not putting up the numbers that all four. You know, Odell hasn't been an elite guy in a while, but he historically has put up some huge seasons. Cooper Cup just. I think we all agree, you know, maybe Jerry Rice see actual what he did against the competition was better, but those statistical numbers, you could argue that. I mean, that record might stand of his one season, just the triple crown, it, adding the playoffs. Would it shock you if that lasts like over a decade? Like who's – it's not going to last forever just the way the game's going, but it feels like <laughs> unless he eclipses it himself, like he's going to be – he just had an incredible season. Like Debo my, – my question with Debo, and listen – He's clearly one of the best football players in the league. Is he a lock to have like a 95 catch season? Uh, well, he had 77 last year to go with 27 rushing attempts. So that's basically, you know, that's he only had 27 rushing attempts Uh, in the playoffs. Sorry. Uh, He had 59 rushing attempts. (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah. I was going to say 27. Got to feel like more than apologies. He had three times as many rushing attempts as he did receptions in the playoffs. Um, 59 is a lot, right? 59 is a lot. 59, I would argue, might be too many, (laughs) especially for Kyle Shanahan. But uh, no, I mean, not a lock for 90, but I mean, he 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 had 77 last year and he didn't, what was his, uh, I mean, what, he missed a game. So... No, maybe not a lock, but I do think it's just reflective of, you know, Jalen Ramsey. First of all, he plays him a lot. They play in so many big games against one another. They played three times last year. Um, you know, the first time they played, he had five catches and uh, five carries. So, you know, Jalen runs out. I mean, uh, Debo runs outside sometimes. You got to tackle him. The second time they played, he had four catches and eight carries. The third time he played, he had. Uh, four catches and seven carries. And of course he had that huge catch against Jalen. Part of it, if you're Jalen, is like, this guy's beaten me a few times. So if I say he's good, it's only because, you know, if I get beat, it's only because he's one of the best players in the league. Just did the math. His first two seasons, he had 24 and 17 rushes. That's Tyree Kill. Since 18. So since Debo, actually since Debo came in the league, 19, 20, 21. But I'll, I'll do the last four years. Tyreek has 52 attempts rushing the ball in four years, like four in, years. The, in his prime, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> and not really out of the, not out of like the I formation. No, right? like I, I saw, I was at the gym today and they had like a ESPN in the background and clearly they were talking about him to the Dolphins. 
couple it's that tap pass that he does as he's flying through. They do like a pitch pass. It's always getting to the corners, you know. 59 is outrageous. So yeah, I mean he should be able to get to 100 if you just take 30 of those and use those as targets. But to me, like when you think about his big plays last year, several screens, multiple screens to the house, even on his catches. What about Debo or Tyreek? I'm talking about Debo Samuel. A quick screen he takes to the fucking crib. Bears did it against the Rams. I mean, he's hit several times. And then all the rushes from behind the line of scrimmage. So do they feel confident? Obviously, he can run digs and ins, and but just to do everything else, like quick outs. Like They don't use him like a traditional wide receiver, and they just really haven't. Does, I wonder, does Kyle view him as a traditional wide receiver, or he's just so good he doesn't really care? You know? Yeah, I mean, I view him as a traditional wide receiver? I, I, no, he doesn't view him like he views Julio. He uses him differently. Now, you're saying when it comes time to trying up pass plays for him, does he view him the same way? Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, he, here are, let me read to you. <laughs> See, we got to go back and look at some of these. 79-yard touchdown and a 76-yard touchdown against Detroit and Seattle receiving. What were the air yards on those? Um, but he had rushing touchdowns. I remember we did this last year. His average rushing touchdown distances for Debo. Rushing. There's no air. It's, I know where he got the ball when it's a rushing touchdown. 13 yards, 8 yards, 25 yards, 20 yards, 3 yards, 27 yards, 10 yards, 16 yards. He scored the same touchdown like seven times last year, right? Yeah, like a, a ball, uh, basically like an outside zone that he goes around the tackle and makes a guy miss and like hits a guy to the corner. Outside the numbers to the pylon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which isn't the most violent play when he doesn't get touched, right? Right, but he's running it at 100 miles an hour, you know. Um, You're right. His his runs are not two yards. Like he, I mean, how many of those were over 10 yards? More than half of them? One, two, three, four, five, six, plus an eight-yard run and a three-yard run. So that's pretty good. I mean, but Debo, you know, what he just listed, Debo, where did Debo finish in receptions last year in the league? Twenty Tied with Terry McLaurin and Christian Kirk for 24th or 27th, depending on how you want to rank them. That's where that's, he just called him a top five receiver. Okay, so he had Cooper and Devontae and Tyreek. Now, in fairness, does he has he has he played Justin Jefferson? Uh, Deontay Johnson had 107, Keenan Allen, Jalen Waddell. You know, he's not playing all these guys all the time. I'd have to go back and look at their Stephon Diggs. He, no way he's naming Hunter Renfro. How many career rushing attempts do you think Devontae Adams has? I mean, three on like screens that went backwards. According to Pro Football Reference, zero. Zero. Zero stats. Uh, you know, Michael Pittman had 88 catches. Amon Ross St. Brown had 90. DJ CD Lamb at 79. One thing I think Debo has, like even Cooper Cup in his career has 14, and I bet a lot of those are like the Tyreek, you know, tap ball coming around. You know, it's not lining up in the backfield. I bet Debo's respect level in the NFL of just like baller. You know, you just ask someone like you ask like Devontae Adams, they'd be like best receiver I've ever seen. And if you just ask like some random defender that played the Niners, you'd be like, Debo Samuel. He'd be like, I don't even know what the fuck that was, but holy shit. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh that's a great call. I think it feels, like a, it feels like a high school, you know, a guy that like played high school football. That's like, I played against so-and-so that went to Alabama, you know, it's like what position he play? He did it all. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, there's a, I didn't hear the interview. My bet is right. That when they said, uh, Jalen, Who's your who's your top five receivers? Jalen didn't go. All right, let's pull up Football Reference. Read me some names, right? <laughs> he didn't need stats. He just said, "Here are the guys that I think are the best." I don't care what the stats say. Shocked he didn't put T Here's Higgins the respect. there. T Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> he got you know Jalen. I like Jalen, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of. J- I think he's the best corner. He'd be the guy I'd want on my team. But you know, he's had some moments last year. Mike Evans got him. Uh, on Brady's what it looked like final pass touchdown T Higgins you know he might have put a little hand to his face but still you know Jalen's a Jalen's a handsy guy too Jamar Chase got him on the first throw of that yep Bengals final drive and then he I mean got him I don't know he fell down on the play that Aaron Donald sacked 
or not sacked, but hit Joe Burrow. In fairness, and maybe to, not got him on the first throw. He went for the pick and couldn't get there. Yeah, and think about the names we're saying: Jamar Chase, Mike Evans. Like this is the NBA. Like Scottie Pippen. Do you think how many guys are like yeah, I scored buckets on Scottie Pippen? Maybe not like fifty, but it's like I scored twenty five on right. him. Right? Yeah. You, you, like great players get to do things against you. Like most guys are not Deion Sanders, where it's like yeah, no catches. <laughs> you know that's that's pretty big outlier. And who knows? Like. Wonder if we ever see an elite corner just because everyone plays receiver now. It's like, do we ever see a, a Nolan Ryan or a Pedro Martinez? Do they even get the opportunity to do that anymore? Like, sports have just kind of changed. Like, do we ever see a David Robinson play basketball again? You know, it's yeah, I, I think because so many guys are playing receiver that there there is a separation because corners are getting a lot of reps now, too. Seven on seven. Like it's so you think all there would be a natural receiver. progression, but that guy desperately always wants to be on the other side. I know, but I think there's a swing back because if you're a top-rated recruit or you're trying to get recruited, there's like 700 receivers. I know. Everyone's can be a receiver because every offense has six guys out there. Seven guys but, deep, right? Five you know guys there, in a formation. There needs to be like Keith Williams, but a couple of those guys out there at corner. You know, they're just like, just like I'm a corner guru. Yeah. <laughs> and they just push these guys to be like, I'm telling you, you can make $19 million a year. You know, you see those tight ends and those running backs? You double their amount. Like, well, look, you get paid a lot. <laughs> look and at, you're, allow, you're allowed to fail sometimes. Like, Jalen's right. not perfect. No one cares. And there's not a lot. It's the market's thin. So when everyone zigs, let's zag. Uh, all right, John. There's something else I wanted to play. This is Peter Schrager, third Tuesday, talking about... Um, talking about uh, Sean McVay. The Amazon stuff was real. They came with a mighty offer to Sean, and he said it there. If Aaron Donald isn't coming back, maybe he does do the TV. Um, he thought about it long and hard and decided he wasn't going to abandon Matt Stafford. He wasn't going to abandon uh, Aaron Donald. They're going to try to win more than one. They're going to try to win two, and who knows beyond that. So Sean McVay, a man who considered, according to Schrager, who did a podcast with him, knows him very well, flying coach. See that tan on Peter? Super, super tan. I mean, Peter looks. That's a glow, John. Touched by the. Touched that by the is, I just, I just went to Florida for a week or something. The white tee looks a lot better. I, he should have yeah. gone V-neck. I don't know why he didn't he go should've. V-neck. Yeah, I know. Uh, but that's a guy who knows Sean McVay very, very well. Saying Sean McVay thought long and hard about Amazon's offer. Now, does that mean Sean McVay is going to be gone in five years? I don't know, but he considered Amazon's offer. Well, you would say that he just doesn't have a standing offer from places that he used to, right? You would say Kirk Herbstreit is somewhat of a placeholder. You would mention this, and then I was in the car yesterday, and he was on with McAfee, and you were right. like He's still going to do college game day and the game at night, which understandable that they're he's not they're not like the company, no carryover. Like, it's not like he's working for Fox and he's doing – it makes sense, but also like – I thought if they're paying $15 million, wouldn't he be like, I've done this for 20 years. I'm over it. But he's still doing it, which to me is a little crazy, uh, which also maybe just I get so much money, I'll try it out. But I, I feel like I'm a college guy. You would say ESPN now is set, right? Those guys are entrenched. Like the Monday Night Football is not moving, right, with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. That job right. is no longer a, a moving, revolving door. Right. You would say Sunday Night Football, you know, Collinsworth's getting up there, right? He's not he's not a lock to do. I'd say over under three, four more years. And and then back to the Thursday night thing is Herbie doesn't feel like he's just on scholarship for five years. If you told me Herbie only does it a couple of years, that's believable. So that the, the opportunities might not go away for Sean. Because what what would you just if you just had a ballpark guess, like Amazon threw up the number to him? Well, it had to start. I mean, what's he making to be the Rams coach? I think he wasn't making as much as he's making now, like maybe ten, eight, ten million dollars. Okay, which is a lot. Which is a lot. Obviously. Romo is making seventeen million dollars. Yeah, Aikman's in that range. So I'm Sean McVay, the coach of the Rams. Romo was retired. Well, I guess Romo didn't make seventeen till like year two. And Aikman, they did have to get Aikman away from Fox. But how could you come to Sean? I don't think you could offer Sean less than. Twenty million dollars a year. I agree. What do you, what would you, what would you all if you said, "All right, John, you're in charge of Amazon Sports. We have to make Sean McVay an offer that he's gonna. We have to. We can't come in at six million dollars and have him blow us off and think we're a joke." Yeah, what I mean, would you I, say your offer is? 
I think a number because you wouldn't, you know, if you've never done television, even if you know you'd be good, like, are you giving him like eight, nine year deals? Would he even want that? What if I just said, hey, Sean, five years, hundred million dollars. Obviously, in this business, everything's guaranteed. And you're like, wait, twenty million dollars a year? I just do TV, and this right. thing is wearing me out. It's over a million dollars a week, a game, right? It's like you know, you know that house you have in Malibu, you can keep that, but you could also. Get a place in Vegas where you stay a little bit so you don't even pay any taxes. And you can look like Schrager. You can spend all your time <laughs> by the pool. You, Sean, you can do whatever you want. Bezos, you know, he's got that yacht the size of California. He said he'll take you out on that thing. You know, Bezos is your new boss. So now you, you're good buddies with Kroenke and you're good buddies with Bezos. Now, I don't know if Kroenke would have been happy if he would have taken off, but I don't think people quite comprehend. Whenever I see, I saw Jimmy Trania say like, Wait till everyone's trying to figure out where Amazon Prime is. Like every single human I know has Amazon Prime. This isn't even five years ago. Like the game has changed. Here's the other thing. My 70-year-old mom can't figure it out. Do you know who does not give a shit? Bezos. Amazon ain't in the ratings business like CBS, ABC, and NBC, right? He does not, whether 7 million people watch the first Thursday night game, 4 million people, like he'll know, he'll have the data. What does that matter to him? Like, remember when he bought Whole Foods and everyone's like, what is he doing? And now it's like, whenever I order something from Amazon, it's like, oh, I'm going to take it back. Where do you, I drop it off at Whole Foods. You know, it's like, he clearly, they, they, they know what they're doing. It's all line items on each other. I, I just don't think he has so much money. I think he's going to make everyone uncomfortable in the business for a while. Assuming that Herb Street's not there long term. Like, I, I, to me, this might not go away. Like, if you told me that he's back talking to Sean McVay, or I know it's not Bezos specifically, but whoever his boss is, I think he stole a guy away from Fox to like run their operation. Maybe it was NFL Network. Um, I yeah. I mean, if you told me that they're back sniffing around in a couple of years, just because to me, by that point, Sean is so rich and famous and stuff. It's more just like the lifestyle. And if Sean's interested in the lifestyle, he can offer him something pretty special. Yeah, and to me, that's kind of the point here is that Sean considered it. Now, to your like you're saying, someone throws a hundred million dollars in front of you. I mean, to and to work beans, way less. Like part of it eat, is like he works so much. I remember, I don't know if Schrager said this or I saw it on a, maybe someone wrote it in an article about McVeigh. One thing that when he first got hired, the Demoff guy, like six months into his job, he's like, Sean, y- you need to relax a little bit. In terms of like, he asked him, "What time do you get to the office?" Like, what? What do you? And he just saw how hard Sean was working. He's like, "I don't know if you're going to last at this pace." Yeah. And Sean, Sean basically told him, "Like, this is the only way I know how to do it." Like, there's Andy Reid now isn't working less than he did 20 years ago. Like, he's just you're in a routine, your job, you just know how to do it. And the thing with the NFL because there's such like uh, nervous energy about your competition, that's what drives you. Like, you can't sleep. You're like, what if my opponent is working? You know, it's not most jobs you're trying to make money or do the deal for yourself, maybe your company, but you're not worried about, like, like a legitimate one other human is outworking you, right? There's, like, this other team that you have to play that Sunday. It freaks these guys out, and they can't. It's, it's why Kyle looks like shit. Now, it might have been vodkas, but... If Jimmy is on the roster, <laughs> look at him. I mean, guys, they, they haven't played a game in a month and a half. And man, doesn't he look like he's on a three-game losing streak? He, he's in Florida. The coffee's <laughs> not big enough. I, I, When I hear the McVeigh thing, I think not that McVeigh's about to dial it back and won the championship and now he's going to work 20% less hard or 10% less hard or whatever. I wonder if in the back of his mind he goes, okay, now I know I can go, ex- I can go just as hard as I've always gone try to win this next championship, but there's, I also know what's out there next for me, right? If I'm him, I'm telling my wife or fiance, whichever, are they married? Uh, married weddings this, this summer. Gotcha. Like, babe, give me like five more years, three more years. Let me try and win another championship with Stafford. I'm going to go hard, but after that, I promise we're going to dial it back. I'm going to make 25 a year. I'm going to work 18 weeks out of the year. Plus every four years, I'll do the Super Bowl. We'll be good to go. You know, I think when you have that carrot dangling out there, you can, you can for a short period. It's like when you're uh, doing a workout and you know it's timed. You know, my last two minutes of like a workout are good because I can see the finish line. And I wonder if Sean McVay is looking at a finish line right now that he kind of knows what's out there. I don't know. I don't know. But I, 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 I do it, wonder, too, that once he wins it <clears throat> and people in his ear are like, bro, you got a chance in the next couple years. Like there's a bit there's a lot of guys that have won one 
Yeah. And obviously there's only a couple that won the four or five, but if you can just get that, like Bill Parcells, when we were kids was an absolute legend. He didn't win four or five or six. He just had the two. <laughs> can you imagine just being two time Super Bowl champion, Sean yep. McVay? And he's got his core guy. I mean, the most important guy he's under contract for the next four years. I do wonder, you know, if I'm Stafford, like, Hey, you know, I'm signing a pretty, you know, relatively team friendly deal. We're all winning here. Are you going to be here the whole time, Sean? Like I, I I, it's not like I'd leave. Where else am I going to go? But like, I, could you stay here? <laughs> you know. My my question is: Does he does he stay as long as Stafford stays, or does he hand Stafford off to uh, Bobby Slowick? That'd be a good question. Who would be the next? It, it feels like he's got a couple years minimum. Lincoln Riley. Well, yeah, I can see Gronky coming sniffing around. Right, five years from now, doesn't Lincoln? Lincoln's like you know. Jerry, uh, I know we talked before about me coming to Dallas, but the price is established too. Like you can't come in at Lincoln for eight million dollars, right? It's going to be seventeen million dollars by that time. <laughs> so now, do you want to follow McVeigh if you're him? You know, that's a whole other thing. But anyway, uh, did you want to hit anything? Uh, OT rules. Uh, quick OT take before we get off to our interview with Greg Papa, which will be airing later in the week. Uh, you and I actually have the same feeling on overtime, but go go ahead. I just don't care. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I now I, I understand if you're a big Bills fan. Uh, it happened to the Chiefs three or four years ago against the Patriots. I, I just don't think there's an easy ending to football. Like in baseball, you just give both teams an AB. Whether you put the runner on second or not, they both just get the same shot, right? In basketball, you get five minutes. Everyone's going to get, you know, depending if you turn the ball over, the same amount of possessions, right? It's just a short period of time. Like, it's it feels pretty equal. Football is just, you know, you can uh, – each quarter looks dramatically different. It's just hard to – I just don't think there's a perfect way. I, I never really had a big issue just with the sudden death. And then they tried to make it a little more equitable, right? Then it was like, well, if you score a touchdown first – you can win it, but if you kick a field goal, they get the, like, that didn't. That was cool. I'm fine with that. I, I I've been cool with them all. Like I, I'm not. I enjoy the college. I that it had to be the longest OT in the history of college this year. Illinois Penn State when they just were going one for ones because they weren't getting because yeah, I think them. it went like not, remember a few years ago there was like a Mississippi State game that went like seven OTs, but those were the old OTs. Yeah, we started the twenty five. This one, I think, went nine OTs, yeah. right? Does that sound and right granted, they were a lot of just one plays. Yeah, it was just So I think the college rule, It's you know, I got to get back into college football mode. I think it's one regular OT, then, then OT two and three, you go for two after a touchdown, and then OT four and on, it's just two-point conversion. It's just a shootout, basically. Yeah, and in that game, for a long period of time, every both sides were not getting any of them. But everyone's like, right. this is the longest game of all time. And then you were, well, there's just one play after the fourth. So going yes. back to the Mississippi State game would actually have been way longer. But it's more snaps, right, for players. I think if they did that, where there was like true equity, right? Each team gets start at the 10-yard line and get a, you know, first and goal. Just Let's just say they did that. I feel like a lot of people would freak out, like, this is the NFL, not college. That wouldn't bother me. I'd be, I'd be cool with that. I am so with you. None of the overtimes have bothered me. I've never thought, like, this has to change. Uh, I don't quite get it, but um, I'm okay with all of them. I'm not. Fi- I'm sure whatever they want to do now, both teams in the postseason, the new overtime rule, we should say this, the new overtime rule is going to be in the postseason, both teams get the ball, even if the first team scored a touchdown. So to so, your understanding, the regular season OT stays the same? Yeah. To be honest, I like, because I don't care about it that much, I put my money where my mouth is and didn't do much reading on it, other than a tweet I saw that said both teams get the ball in overtime in the postseason but not the regular season, which is also fine with me. I really, whatever. Like the the Bills got burned by it one day, but they got Josh Allen. He could burn you the next day. So, and did they get burned by it, or did they just had the dumbest defense we've ever seen? Which is, yeah, <laughs> you know, I I mean, did they? To me, getting burned would have been like thirty seconds on the clock. They had thirteen seconds on the clock, and Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill went like fifty yards, and then Butker hit a field goal. So it's like. I don't know. I I get more worked up by the ref sucking, by the taunting rule that they're adamant like they love the taunting rule. You see that? How about my guy on the Bears? What's his name? What got his? No, remember, remember the what was the guy? Oh, oh, uh, Cassius Marsh. Yeah, my favorite penalty man. He deserved that shit so bad. I loved every second of that taunting penalty. See, I I, loved it. 
that to me is closer to like true taunting, even though it feels a little stupid. Uh, my stupidity. major issue is like the one where, yeah, doing that type crap. But it, what did Ty? What was Tyreek's? He never got in trouble. Well, I thought Tyreek got a taunting. I thought I read something about a Tyreek taunting. I feel that Tyreek didn't get it, and people freaked out a couple times when he did that in big spots. Referees they, missed a taunting penalty on Tyreek Hill. Okay, that's he should have got it. Yeah. Which I don't, the live ball peace sign, I don't care. But uh, that's just, Mike McDaniel's problem now. <laughs> we just say goodbye. Like, you can't catch him. That's Mike to McDaniel's me, problem. Is saying now. peace, goodbye a little different than what Cassius Marsh did? Like I think so. Too. I Me too. Like, do you think Tyreek Hills is a true taunting penalty, even by the letter of the law? Like, to no, me, that's a little. I would love somebody to just explain why the NFL is so hard line on the taunting. What they're, what they're, why they got such a hard on for it. I don't quite get I, it. I, wa- but, I wonder. But I love how mad it makes people. So I, Larry I, David, I, love it. My guess is that they sneaky do like focus group type stuff. Mm. They, they must have some data. Yeah. Because why is it just simply because John Morrow wants it this way? Because Mike Tomlin loves it too. I don't, it doesn't make, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I honestly, I never even heard anyone talk about taunting really my entire career around football. People are just like, be smart, right? You know, it's a college thing, right? But all right, we got to go. Yeah, we got to go. We're good. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Uh, we're going to go interview Greg Papa. That conversation will be coming up later uh, this week. We'll be back with more live shows and stuff all the time. We appreciate you consuming our content. We appreciate you supporting our sponsors. We appreciate you supporting us. We appreciate you sending it to people you hate uh, and all that kind of stuff. So as always, just a chance to say thank you. Later. Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.